Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service, or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Are you ready? Let's grow. You ready? Let's grow. We're going to talk over the next coming weeks about growing. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay the same. You know, it's, it's, it's a, I'm aware that when you read in Scripture and you read the letters that Paul writes, the letter to Corinth, to the Corinthians, the letter to Ephesus, the Ephesians, the letter to uh, Thessalonica, the Thessalonians, the letter to, um, uh, um, well, there's tons of them, but um, Paul writes these letters specifically to churches. And one of the things that I'm so aware of is that the things that Paul is often addressing in his letters to these churches are things that we still struggle with today. We haven't seemed to grow beyond the same challenges that the early church was facing. And I want to pick up a, a great verse um, in, in 1 Corinthians 3. It, it's going to feel like a little bit of a punch in the mouth. Just know, I didn't write this. The Apostle Paul wrote this. And so if you're starting to feel a little, mm, well, it's in the Bible. It's not... I'm a good guy here. I'm good cop. Paul's the bad cop. But as we read this, I, wanna, I just want you to take note of the language that he uses. And it's, it's pretty strong. It's found in verse 1. It says, And I, brothers, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Wow. To Christians, Paul says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but I'm speaking to you as fleshly people, as babies in Christ. Now, in our household, we had one cut down phrase that was more intense and hurtful than any other cut. Some people say, oh, you're stupid, or... You know, you've got butt breath. You know, kids say things like that, right? Dads would never say such things. But in our household, there was one cut down that was greater than all the other cut downs. And it was the phrase, baby head. You're a baby head. And Judah started it. Because Judah would tell Joel, oh, you big baby head. And it was just like, oh, no. You know, he told me to jump in the lake. He told me to take a long walk off a short cliff. Those are bad. But babyhead in our household was the pinnacle of cut downs. And this is the same thing that Paul is telling to the church. Let me read it again. And I, brothers, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as fleshly, as carnal your baby heads, your babies in Christ. He keeps going. I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. Even now, you're still not able to receive it. 
for you are still carnal. What? That is intense. Gee, Paul, ow. That's so full on. He said, you're all babes. You're immature. You're carnal. I wanted to give you solid food, but you needed milk because you're little baby heads. Even now, after all this time, I still couldn't give you solid food. Paul's basically saying to the church, grow up. Grow up. You're immature. And when I read that, I'm like, oh, ow, Paul. That hits like a punch. That's full on. Can I tell you, I think this has been a massive problem in the church since the beginning of the church. People who do not want to mature and grow up in the things of Scripture. Sure, we chase deep Scriptures. We want deep revelations. Oh, we need Shane Willard to come and give us the latest teaching. We chase the spiritual gifts. But we are so immature in our spiritual walk. We're immature immature Christians who won't grow up. We won't obey the simple aspects of faith. And more than likely, you've been to a wedding where the preacher read the most romantic of all Bible passages, 1 Corinthians 13. I've been to those weddings and even conducted those weddings, and I want to read to you this romantic passage of Scripture. It's found in in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. And though, be, and though I bestow all my goods to the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but I don't have love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not even behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil, nor does it rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. What a great scripture. So romantic. Exactly what a husband and wife might need at a wedding day. When you understand that passage, you understand that that is not a romantic passage of Scripture. That is another rebuke that Paul is giving to the church at Corinth, the Corinthians. He's telling them that that they're immature. He's telling them that it doesn't matter that you can understand all the mysteries. It doesn't matter if you know when the tribulation is going to happen and if you can explain exactly how the rapture is going to happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you can prophesy if you don't hold to the basics of love. You're a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. I was talking with a woman just before the service. And she goes, oh, you're looking really good. I said, yeah, I've lost 15 kilos. I said, she goes, yeah, but you've got 10 more to lose. All I heard was a clanging gong. 
if you don't know this, I am flesh and blood. So many people think that I am superhuman. That, that doesn't feel nice. Please don't come and tell me that I'm fat. I know. Appreciate it. That's why I'm working so stinking hard. It's funny how people just say stuff. And I'm like, oh, you look tired. Oh, gee. Thanks. I've been chasing your kids around and helping your family stay together. You're exhausting me. I don't care if you can prophesy if you behave like a jerk. The church has been dominated by spiritual jerks for years. Men and women who can quote all the scriptures, who have all the deep theology, and yet still treat people like garbage. You know, after this beautiful, romantic passage in 1 Corinthians 13, just a few verses down, Paul gives us this passage. He says, when I was a baby head, I spoke like a baby head, and I understood like a baby head, because I thought like a baby head. But when I became a man, I put away all the baby head. Oh, no, that's not what it says. When I was a child, I spoke like a child and understood like a child because I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put aside the childish things. This is Paul telling the church at Corinth, guys, we've got to grow up. Guys, we've got to keep pursuing Jesus. We got to stop acting like children. We got to stop with the sinful, sinful behavior. We got to cut the gossip and start behaving like Jesus and grow into maturity. Stop thinking that you're so spiritual because you can prophesy or because you can speak in tongues. whoop de doo you're a baby head. You can't forgive. You want deep teachings on revelation? One lady came to me during the pandemic during COVID. And she said, Pastor, Pastor, when are you going to start preaching that the vaccine is the mark of the beast? I said, um, is it? She goes, yes, there's so many YouTube videos that confirm that it is the mark of the beast. When are you going to start preaching that? And I said, to be honest with you, I, I, I've received the mark of the beast. And then I fell at her feet and I said, woman, forgive my sin. How will my family eat? She didn't think it was funny. She got mad at me and left our church. This woman is desperate for me to teach the fundamentals of revelation. Good luck. Good luck finding the fundamentals of Revelation. Good luck trying to explain when the rapture is going to happen. Good luck trying to explain. You know, so many people are saying, oh, Jesus is returning and he's returning soon. We better get ready. Can I tell you, I think we should always be ready. Scripture says we should always be ready. Don't let your oil go out in your lamp. But every generation... From the Apostle Paul until my generation has thought that they were going to see Jesus return. Every one of them. Every generation thought that they were going to see Jesus. Can I tell you, 
We want to understand the deep mysteries of revelation. But you know what this woman, she doesn't share her faith. So she wants us to preach Jesus is coming, but she doesn't want to go to her neighbor and share the love of Christ and salvation. She thinks she's so mature because she can unpack all these incredible, profound theological truths. But she doesn't fulfill the great commission in bringing salvation to the lost. So many people want to understand deep teaching, explain the Armageddon. I'm actually pretty sure that we need to put down some of the theology books and start sharing our faith. We need to turn the podcast off and invite someone over for dinner. We get so caught up in in trying to understand it all that we actually fail to love people and serve people and, and bless people. And please don't don't get me wrong, I think it's important to, to study the Word of God. That's why we run a Bible college, and that's only step one. There's so much more study that needs to be done. I want to I study the whole Word. I don't want to just live in part of it. But it's so funny how the people who operate and say, well, when are we going to do more teaching on, on the spiritual gifts? I'm going to say, when are you going to do more forgiving? Oh, we need more teaching on the revelations of God. Great. When are you going to stop? You know, stop hiding your light under a bushel and tell someone you're a Christian. We've got to keep growing. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says, Follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed after him. Allow me to be clear about something there is no such thing as churchianity. When you get to heaven, Jesus isn't going to say, did you go to church? He's not going to say, well, where was your membership card? Further, there is no Christian and non-Christian. Jesus isn't going to say, hey, are you a Christian? That's not what's going to happen. There is only fellowship and not fellowship. There is only living the Christ life or living the you life. And it says, for those who are in Christ are a new creation, but those who are not in Christ, you are the old carnal baby head that won't grow up and won't mature to become all that Christ wants you to become. Paul tells me how I'm supposed to posture myself in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me. Jesus puts it like this. If anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever desires to save his life for my sake, he will find it. You want to be with Jesus? 
That looks like being a Christ follower. That looks like denying yourself. Denying your desires. Denying your dreams, your ambitions, your aspirations. Denying your hurts and your offenses and even your rights. So many people profess, I'm, 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 I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm following Jesus, but my rights. If you're dead and you're crucified in Christ and it is no longer you who live, you don't have rights. My life belongs to Jesus. I don't have rights. Oh, well, it's my body, my choice. Nope. I belong to Jesus. My life is not my own anymore. I've picked up my cross daily to follow Him. Not just on Sunday. I pick up my cross on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday because that is my new life. There is no churchianity. Oh Lord, I'm in Church Unlimited. My name, I'm member number 367. I'm Lana Wilson. I was member number three. <laughs> Jesus is going to be like, what? You know, there's a Bible verse that says people are going to come to Jesus one day and say, oh, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Oh, Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Even demons trembled. And he's going to say, yeah, but I never knew you. Because you were a baby head. And you thought that you were spiritually mature. But you weren't. He says, follow me. Obey me. Do what I say. Imitate me. Love what I love. Love who I love. Love like I love. Operate in kindness. Operate in gentleness. Come follow me. And I will make you. If you want to make it, you've got to become a Christ follower. Followship is a commitment to growth. When I came to Jesus 22 years ago, I was a baby head. In fact, when I came to Jesus 22 years ago, I didn't know much about God except for all the really cool trivia facts that I learned in Sunday school. Because, you know, I had dominated in Sunday school trivia. I could tell you who Methuselah was. I could, I could name all the books of Bible in chronological order because, you know, I was awesome. When I came to Jesus, I was a baby. I was immature. I didn't know Father. I had no idea about unconditional love. I had no idea about who I was. I had no idea about how to love other people. I didn't know how to love myself. I didn't know anything really about the Bible. I thought it was just some boring trivia book that I had to study when I was in Sunday school. I hated the idea of church. I hated the idea of organized religion. I hated the idea of tithing. That offended me, the idea of tithing. I wasn't a leader or an influencer for good. I couldn't even share my faith. I was a baby head. I was so whingy, I couldn't stay out of sin. I couldn't feed myself. 
I could barely even pray. I've had to grow up the last 22 years. God has had to work on me. I am a work in progress. When he says, come follow me, he's saying, hey, I'm not going to leave you the way that you are. You're going to go on a growth journey where you've got to grow beyond your limitations. So all I've done in my life is make a decision that I'm going to keep following Jesus and keep allowing him to make me. I need to keep picking up my cross daily. I need to allow him to perfect in me who I am supposed to be. That is the life of a Christ follower. It's not about being a Christian prefect, nor is it about belonging in a social club. It's about dying and growing and maturing and becoming the man or the woman that you have been called to be. And that is the foundation for this series. Let's grow. Let's grow beyond our limitations. Let's grow in the Christ life that we have been instructed to keep growing in. As a church, many of you would be familiar with our vision statement. This is a fundamental statement that undergirds everything that we do here at church, that we are committed to establishing the unlimited local church through releasing unlimited people in their unlimited God potential. Do you know that you have the fullness of God inside of you? Ephesians 2.20, 3.20, excuse me, says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think, ask, or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The fullness of God's power is at work within you, calling you to grow and to just release all that God's put inside of you. This means that when you come to church, you're not getting something every time you come to church. You're awakening something that's already inside of you. That, that, that you don't need, I don't have anything to give you. I'm calling out of you everything that is already within you. You carry the unlimited God potential inside of you. And you've got to keep growing to become all that that means in your life. Please don't stop growing. Our mission statement as a church is to authentically represent Jesus in every sphere of society with the intent that people would come to know him in a real and personal way. Do you know that God has set you up? He set you up to bear influence, to represent him in your spheres of influence. If you're in the business sphere, then God has set you up to be his ambassador, his representative in that sphere. If you are a mom or a dad, your little sphere is your little saints that God's entrusted to you to, 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 to influence for Christ. Maybe you're a teacher at a school or maybe you're even an electrician or a tradie. That is your sphere. And God sets us up that we would authentically represent Jesus in our spheres. You will influence the world for Jesus in spheres that I will not because I don't live in your world. 2 Corinthians 5 tells me that I'm Christ's ambassador, that I am his representative can I tell you that Christ's representatives on earth are one of the big reasons that people don't want Christ? 
Because we have baby head Christians going out telling everybody that they are Christ followers. But they're not authentically representing Jesus because they're immature. They're carnal. They're of the flesh. Half the things I see on Facebook, I think to myself, Jesus would have never said that. You baby head. Go and grow, mate. Grow up, you immature little baby head. It's time that we keep growing. I am his representative on earth. No longer representing myself. I represent Jesus everywhere I go, good or bad. I'm aware that in this church and leading this church, how I behave and how I talk will help paint the picture of what kind of Jesus you serve. And that is a very confronting reality for me, which means I need to keep going to the Word. I'm not going to stand up here and preach that the vaccine is the Antichrist or the mark of the beast because my Word doesn't say that. I'm just going to go to the Word. I'm not going to preach random spiritual things that aren't grounded in the Word. I can't do that. As a church, we've identified that there are five key things. This is what we call our strategy. But if you want, I think this is a beautiful thing. These are the five things we want to keep growing in. Because I need to keep growing. You have to understand, I've been following the Lord for 22 years. I've got at least 70 more to go. i got to keep growing. I don't want to stop growing and so these are the five strategy of Church Unlimited. Number one, we want to grow closer to God. You might have heard us say it like cultivating encounter. We want to create encounter moments. Number two, we need to grow more like Jesus. That we would be Christ-centered disciples. Number three, grow together. That we're creating community, that we would, number four, grow in our purpose, becoming leaders and influencers in our world. You might have heard that, that, that phrase, championing leaders. And here's the last one, to grow in kingdom fruitfulness. You might have heard that as the great commission, that souls would be saved and lives changed. I want to talk about this just for our time remaining. The first one is that we would grow closer to God. Grow closer to God. I desperately need to grow closer to God. If I am going to be His representative in the earth, then I need to be close. You can't represent from a distance. You're not a very good representative. You don't sound like Him, smell like Him, act like Him, talk like Him. So the closer I am, the more He is working on me. The more I know God, the better I know myself. I love the story of Moses. Moses was the prince of Egypt. Until he learned that he wasn't an Egyptian, he was actually a Hebrew. He was an Israelite. And Moses started to go on an identity crisis. He had no idea who he was. His accent sounded kind of like mine. He didn't know if he was Egyptian or Hebrew. 
Moses, in moment of insecurity and fear, sees an Egyptian slaver hurting a Hebrew slave and murders him. So now he doesn't know if he's Egyptian or if he's a Hebrew or, or maybe I'm a murderer now. And so he has a Simba moment where he runs out into the wilderness. And he goes out into the wilderness and he starts hanging out with Timon and Pumbaa and they're eating grubs. And he has this, this moment where he sees a bush that is burning that's not on fire. It's on, sorry, it's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And Moses draws onto that burning bush and he has a God encounter that changes his life. It changes everything. Moses in that moment says, okay, what shall I call you? And God introduces himself to Moses as I am who I am. It's funny. When Moses has an encounter with I am, it's amazing how he starts to realize who he is. He is God's chosen deliverer. His identity starts to be formed as he has had an encounter with God. The, the, the Apostle Paul has that same type of encounter. He is a, 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 um, a Pharisee named Saul who is hell-bent on killing Christians and persecuting Christians until God knocks him off his ass onto his ass. And while he's down on the ground, he has a God encounter that changes everything for him. Everything changes when you have a God encounter. Well, as a church, we are so committed to helping people have God encounters. You need to keep having God encounters and not just on Sunday. You need to have moments where you're in God's presence and He starts to speak to you about who you are. He starts to download to you your identity. It's in the presence of God that you realize that I am not a slave, I'm a son. I, I, my father, he's not just God, my master or the Lord, but he's my father and I'm in his presence and in, in his presence, he just washes over me and he starts to change me. And in his presence, I find my identity. Moses has that encounter moment. Gideon has the encounter moment. Jacob wrestles with God and has an encounter moment and gets his name changed. When you have those moments with God, he starts to reveal to you who you are. That is your identity. The second one is we want to grow to be more like Jesus. He says, come follow me and I will make you. One of the things that you need to know about me is that I am not a self-made man. I am a God-made man. Everything in my life that is good has come from above. It has not come from my own clever wit and hard work. I am not growing to be more successful. I am not growing to be more rich or more famous. I'm not even trying to impress you. I'm growing to follow Jesus. The more that I follow Jesus, the more He makes my life. I need to keep growing. I need to grow until His ways have become my ways. I need to keep growing until His truths have become my truths. I need to keep growing until His life becomes my life. 
as I grow to be more like Jesus, he builds me. Following Jesus is where I get my substance. It's where I get my identity and my integrity. It's where I get my character. It's where I become rock solid. There are so many Christians out there that are immature baby heads because they love to be in the presence of God and have those, those feelings and those warm and fuzzies, but they fail to follow after Jesus and allow Him to make them. They keep going to conference after conference after conference to get the spiritual tingles, but they fail to start to operate in obedience. They fail to start to follow Jesus and do what he says to do. This is such a critical thing that we need to keep growing in. We have so many Christians that are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. Why? Because they just want to live growing in encounter, but they fail to grow in following after Jesus. The third area is we need to grow together. We've just done this as a series in our church. And, you know, the Bible says that we are many members in the body. We need each other. The James can't say to the Adam, I have no need of you. The James can't say to the Ben, I have no need of you. I desperately need the body. When Pastor Dan was talking about this, he was talking about what if he, we all came to church and it was just Dan's hand that showed up at church. Remember that? It was a weird illustration. I would say if I saw that, I'd be looking for Joe and a knife. But if Dan's hand, you would never see Dan's hand at church and think, oh, Dan's come to church. You would think that's disgusting. Somebody, Ron, get this out of here. Well, we do that when we live isolated. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. We were not designed to do life alone. We were designed to do life together. And togetherness is where I find my strength. Oh, no, nah, James, that's not true. Philippians 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I don't need everybody else. I just need Jesus. You're a baby head. You have not read the whole of Scripture that talks about how much we need to be knitted together. Jesus loved the church so much that he died for the church, not just you on your own. Together, we find our strength. Together, the eye and the hand and the foot and the mouth and the brain and the heart all come together to outwork the body of Christ. Together, we are strong. I am not strong on my own. This is why he made me a suitable helper, a comparable helper, that together we would be strong. I am only strong when I am unified with you. On my own, I am weak. Many of you have heard me tell the stories that I love nature documentaries. Love them. Especially African ones. I grew up obsessed with Kruger National Park. I had a little Kruger National Park book and I was just, I was, I just, I was so inspired and I would watch all the documentaries. And I always was fascinated about how lions hunt. 
lions prowl around. We, what, do we, what do we know in the scripture? There's a the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he, he may devour. But the lions always come up on the herd and try to spook the herd. They spook the herd. And they never go after the herd because it's too strong. There's too many hooves in the herd. They will get trampled if they go after the herd. But they spook the herd to get the one separated over here off by himself. And when he's over here off by himself, he's not strong. He's got no backup. And they always go after the poor little guy that is off by himself. Well, even just this week, just this week, uh, I got a phone call from a couple in our church that were absolutely uh, devastated. They were going through a very bad time. And, and they're talking about their marriage being over. And they're talking about all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and so I agreed to meet with them. And, and they said, look, we won't be coming to church on Sunday. We'll, we'll watch online. And if you're watching online, just know I love you and I'm praying for you. But this was too important of an illustration not to use right now. But they have said to us, oh, we won't be coming to church. We're going to pull back. Can I tell you, that is the worst thing that you can possibly do. And I get it, because if I'm going through hell, I don't want to come to church with my, with my emotions and my tears and my running mascara. I don't want to show you that I'm going through a hard time. I want to come to church and put on my brave face and make you think that I've got it all together. But I don't. I don't have it all together. That is a lie. That is a baby head. You are an immature Christian if you come to church thinking that you have got it all together and everybody thinks that you've got the perfect marriage and the perfect kids and you've got no money problems. That is a lie from the enemy. He is the deceiver. We need each other. When I'm going through hell, I don't need to hide away in my depression cave. I need Pastor Dan. I need Matt. I need Ron. I need Adam. I need my brothers to come alongside of me and go, mate, it's okay. We're standing with you. We're praying with you. We are stronger together. Togetherness is where I find my strength. Four growing in my purpose. I was created by God for God. I was created on purpose for His purpose. As I grow in God, I find my identity. As I grow in Christ, I find my substance. As I grow in community and togetherness with you, I find my strength. And as I grow in my purpose... I find my platform. God wants to elevate us and give us platforms that we would authentically represent Jesus in our sphere. Our sphere is our platform. Maybe you're a mom or a dad. Your first ministry, as we discussed last week, your first platform is to your children. But your platform is bigger than that. Your platform is, it might be your work. It might be your business. It might be your hobby. You might be, you know, I love the, the football player, the gridiron player in the USA. His name is Jalen Hurts, and he is the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he is such a good quarterback 
that God has given him an incredible platform and he uses his platform to preach the love of Jesus Christ on national television every time he gets that opportunity. Some guys use their platform to kneel down, but not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts stands for the things of God and uses his platform to, to declare the goodness of God in the land. I love that. Far too many people want platform without getting identity or substance. God often resists platform to help you grow in your identity and your substance. My purpose is the platform that God has given me to influence my world, to be a leader in my world. And there are so many Christians that, that you know who you are. You, you know who you are in Christ and you have substance and you're knit into the body. But you know that we've got 20-year-old Christians in this church that don't run a small group. Can I tell you, that is immature. Jesus tells us to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That's not just my commandment and Dan's commandment. That's our commandment. Go and make disciples. So here's my question. Who are you discipling? Or are you a baby? Are you an immature Christian that looks for your moments in God and just your little obedience and your little group? Or are you actually now using all of that to allow God to build your platform that you could serve and bless and open your house to other people? Oh, sure, you can prophesy. Oh, sure, you can tell me exactly how the Armageddon and tribulation and the rapture, it's all going to happen. But you don't open your house to love people and disciple people. Come on. We've got to understand that God wants to give me a purpose, that it would give me a platform. And I need to not shy back from my platform. We have far too many Christians that are really good obeyers. And they come to church on Sunday. But they have no identity. They're servants of God without understanding that they were first sons and daughters of God. No wonder when I come to my platform, I sit there and I think, oh, no, I couldn't do that. There's no way, James, no way. One lady said to me, just so you know, James, I don't pray out loud. I said, how long have you been a Christian? She goes, 10 years. I said, you're a 10-year-old Christian and you can't pray out loud. Now, most people think that the nice, loving pastor would say, oh, well, we're all on our own journey, each to their own. You haven't been going here very long if you think that that's how I talk. You're a 10-year-old Christian. And you can't talk to your father in heaven in front of someone else. You're a babyhead. You need to grow up. Why have you just allowed yourself to be limited? Can I tell you? I am the greatest limiter on my life. It's not God. God doesn't limit what I do, nor is it the devil. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Furthermore, you don't limit me either. Adam doesn't control my life and tell me what I am and am not. 
I control my life. And I decide what I am and what I am not. And I decide if I can pray out loud and I can decide if I can't. And I can decide if I can go with Pastor Dan on this missions trip and I can decide if, oh no, I would never be able to do that. And I can decide if I'm gonna use my platform to invite people into my home so that I can help disciple and play my part in God. Or I can decide if, oh no, I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. And really, I could just never do that. You are the decider over your own life. And I would challenge you, keep growing. Don't stop. Here's the last one. Growing in kingdom fruitfulness. Allow me to contradict myself. You've probably heard me contradict myself a lot. My platform is ultimately not my platform. My platform is his platform that he loaned to me so that I could be kingdom fruitful. My platform must lead to kingdom fruitfulness. Your platform, the platform that God's given you, the success in your business, the, su- the financial success, the prominence, the influence that you have been given is not for your own ego. I'm crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Which means any platform or accolade or prominence that I have been given is ultimately God's. And I've got to steward that platform for kingdom fruitfulness. Can I tell you that money and success and prominence don't fulfill like kingdom fruitfulness. What is kingdom fruitfulness? Souls. 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 When you get to heaven, He's not going to ask you about your superannuation. He's not going to ask you about how many homes you had. None of that's going with you. The only thing that's going with you is souls. So who's coming? You need to have a Jerry Maguire moment. Who's coming? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? The fish and the secretary. Who's coming with me to heaven? He didn't give me a platform so that I could be awesome. He didn't give me a platform so that I could take a knee for my political issues. Because I'm dead. Dead people don't have rights. I'm crucified with Christ. I pick up my cross today. I'm not American. I'm not, what does it say? You're not Jew. You're not Greek. You're not male. You're not female. You're not slave. You're not free. We are all one in Christ. Because, because, so what, what does that mean? Well, that means that, you know, if someone persecutes me, okay, I'm dead. Dead people don't get hurt. If you had a corpse here and you kicked him in the guts, it'd be disgusting. You should go take a hard look at yourself if you ever... 
Why are you kicking dead people? But I'm telling you, the dead thing on the ground is not sitting there going, Ow! You hurt me! He's dead. If I'm dead in Christ, I'm alive in Christ. And therefore, my platform must lead me to fruitfulness. It's so important that we keep having God encounters because when I have a God encounter, He builds my identity and I know that I am His Son and I know that I am good and I want to be in His presence because when I'm in His presence, He washes over me and He changes me. It's so important that I become a Christ-centered disciple, which means I'm growing and following after Jesus because that's where my substance comes from. I've got nothing to offer if I'm not grounded in Christ. It's so important that I keep growing in our togetherness because together we are strong. Together, Church Unlimited and the Kingdom of God are going to advance God's purposes on earth. It ain't going to be James Hensley on his own. James won't do nothing, but we together will do amazing things. It's so important that that strength builds a platform in my life, that I would use that platform to bear influence in His world, that God would be glorified, and that ultimately there would be kingdom fruit, that souls would be saved and lives would be changed. We got to keep growing we got to grow beyond our limitations. What are the labels that you have put on your life that are the blockages? Oh, I could never do that. I'm divorced. Oh, I could never do that. I've been abused. Oh, I could never do that. I've not done Bible college. Oh, I could never do that. I don't pray out loud. Oh, I'm not bold enough to share my faith. Come on, friend. When you understand that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, there are no limitations on your life. You just got to keep growing. You got to keep growing beyond where you're at. What a cuddly message from Pastor James this morning. If you reach inside your lip, you'll probably notice there's a bit of blood. You got punched. Would you stand to your feet? I want to ask the team to lead us in that Come Holy Spirit song. You notice in that song, by the way, we, we were not planning on doing an acoustic set this morning. Michelle did not know I was preaching this message when she chose that song. There's a line in this song that says, Only you can make me grow. Wow. Come Holy Spirit. As I decrease, as James Hensley gets out of the way and Jesus increases in me, he causes me to grow beyond my limitations so that I can do and be all that he has called me to do. And I've asked Michelle if she would lead this song in just a moment. But before we do, I want to pray. Would you lift your hands? Father, right now we just make a fresh commitment I don't want to stay the same. Lord, I'm so weak. I am so inadequate. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. And right now I surrender before you all of the things that I am not. That you would make me. 
Lord, I choose right now afresh to follow you. Make me, make my life, make my marriage, make my children, make my money, make my platform, make my my identity, make everything in my life. I don't want to build my own life. I want you to build my life. And so I choose to be a Christ follower. I'm not interested in churchianity. I am interested in following Jesus. I choose the cross. I choose to pick it up today. I choose to pick it up tomorrow. I choose to deny myself and chase after you. I also choose to work together with the body, your church. Together we are strong. On my own, I can do nothing, but together we are strong. Lord, help me, because that's scary. Help me to get over my offenses. Help me to get over my hurts and my wounds. Help me to trust and to forgive. Build us strong as a church. We are not a group of individuals. This is not golf or tennis. This is a team. Church Unlimited is a team. We belong on a team together, supporting each other and strengthening each other. We just speak right now the strength of unity over this church in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we get stronger, that you're building platforms for us. That you would build us our platforms, that we would actually have substance and something to say. And then when it comes the time, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit to be bold, to be confident, to declare your goodness that ultimately we would be kingdom fruitful. God, I don't want to just be fruitful in my own pursuits. I want to be fruitful. I must be about my Father's business. I must be about your business, Lord. Souls, use me, God. I put my hand up. Use me to be a witness in this world that we would see people come to know you. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 